Hi, it's Trish, and welcome to the Dialogue Exchange podcast. Eight months ago, we decided to channel our energy and passion for systems change, inclusivity, and transparency into something real, something tangible. We decided to build a movement, a legacy, a new effective way of doing something we've been doing for years. We decided to bring important conversations to the forefront and to keep those conversations alive. But that was only the beginning. Eight months later, we are the Dialogue Exchange. We're a global social enterprise that uses engaged dialogue as a hard tool for social change to empower communities and engage their citizens on issues that are prevalent in their city's social landscape. Or at least that's where we hope to be. So far, we've seen real highs and real lows. And today, through the podcast series, we want to invite you to join us on our journey as we figure shit out. In this podcast, we start with the why. Why dialogue? Why us? Why care? We want you to get to know the people behind the movement. Over time, we aim to cover more topics, more voices, feature more people, and start the conversation around how to build social enterprises through our roller coaster journey. But for now, back to the why. So this is the Dialogue Exchange podcast right now. The first of many, hopefully. The first of many. Yeah. Podcasts are actually a pretty cool medium. It is. Like, I put up the thing on Instagram, and immediately mm-hmm. a lot of my TEDx speakers were like, that's a phenomenal idea, because right. we're tied to so many topics, too. So right. I think it's a cool start. Well, you put it up the picture of the microphone? The microphone, just yeah. a microphone. Right. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Is this low-key being recorded or something? <laughs> it has already been recorded. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I got the unfair advantage of being on the side. I'm like, oh, he's recording. <laughs> so we have Trish, Aksa, Kragya, and Shaitan, and we're all sitting around Trish's table in her apartment in Waterloo, Ontario. Okay? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're just sitting around here having dialogue, creating memories. <laughs> Having a dialogue exchange. Yeah. For reals, yeah. For reals. For reals. Yeah. Okay, so I thought we can go around the table and just say who we are and like, you know, about us. Because like, this is like cold calling. We just, like, you just gotta say it. Just, who are you? Like, who are you? Let's go with Trish first. I, oh no. I'm, I'm giving you eye contact right now. So. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm Trish, uh, co-founder of the Dialogue Exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, how much detail are we going into here? I really don't know. <laughs> I really, it's up to you. What do you think? What do you want to talk about? Like, what what do you want people to know about you, really? Mm, okay, so I think three things that I would want people to know about me. Mm-hmm. One is that I've lived in a lot of different countries. I mm-hmm. think that's something I bring up a lot when I talk to people, and yeah. I think it's important because it's a really important part of me, mm-hmm. and it's really molded me into the person I am today and the problems I work on. Whoa, um, I know, but it's the <laughs> truth. Um, so, yeah, so that's definitely one thing. Uh, I'll skip the details on the different countries, but yeah. Another thing is I'm Indian, so that is something I want people to know about me. I'm uh, really, like, culture and heritage and tradition is really important to me, so people knowing that is important to me. I feel like I'm saying important a lot, but... <laughs> um, and then the last thing is, I guess in terms of, like, a core value, I really value not being one-dimensional as a person, mm. so you'll find me doing a lot of projects, working on a lot of different right. things all the time. So that's really important too. And I constantly have my foot in different things. Um, yeah. 
I'm, yeah, so it's pretty vague, but I feel like I'll be No, that was things. good. That was good. Okay, cool. That was, that was better good. than I thought you'd do. <laughs> <laughs> That's assuring. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Axel, what about you? So my name is Axel. Mm -hmm. um, I am the business development lead here at the Dialogue Exchange. Mm -hmm. um, in a different life, I am also a consultant. <laughs> um, I wear a lot of different hats. I think they really add to who I am. Mm -hmm. But... Um, if I were to draw on what Trishala said, I have moved a lot as well. I think that has yeah. added to my image, my branding, my thought process. Yeah. When I meet someone else, I, I have I, I take with me a memory of what they mean and mm. I carry that with me throughout, yeah. throughout my next experience. Whoa. Um, yeah. I'm very big on logical thinking, mm -hmm. uh, being straight to the point. Mm -hmm. And I think that really comes into focus through conversation. Um, and I think we'll notice that here today. You've done this before. Mm. Have I? No. <laughs> She's just like, got a radio voice and a radio like, personality. Seriously. Some of us have to try so hard. And that <laughs> just comes in with like natural flair and talent. So. No. Yeah. I'm probably just going to take it up another notch. So. Okay. Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm Pragya. Um, I'm going to take it up a notch. No, I'm joking. I think, yeah, same, same kind of thing, which is weird that we all identify with it. Um, but traveling around the world, yeah. oh, all wow, of those different perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had like my Nepal and my South Africa and my within Canada travels. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, didn't realize that all three of us identify with that. Yeah, it really you adds to like, yeah. that's why we bring in so many different perspectives here, right? Yeah, yeah. and I think and it keeps what, us tied to the value and the mission too, because yeah. like, we're able to think like about the bigger picture and like um, really connect the dots, so. Yeah, yeah. Cool. and recently I've learned that through whatever I do, I try to empower people. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out what like that common thread was and yeah. whatever I do, even with the dialogue exchange and with like all the different projects I try to work on mm -hmm. and everything I'm interested in and it's empowering people. Right. Yeah. I think by empowering you? other people, you end up empowering yourself. Yeah. But that energy I, just comes you know, to life. Sure, yeah. You guys are really striking chord with me right now <laughs> also because I think, um, well, my name's Shaitan. I'm, Dialogue Exchange Creative Lead. Speaking of your point of um, empowering people in sort of what I'm doing right now in my program and like the sort of things I'm trying to build, the teams I'm trying to build, I really, I was trying to boil down my reasons for it and like mm -hmm. my little like war, like mind map of like my life. It's like, why am I doing this? Yeah. It's empowering people. Yeah. It's like realizing that all I care about is really hoping someone achieves more than me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or and like it makes pushing me sad. someone to their potential exactly. or like showing people what's available. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize how much of that. But why do you do that, right? For I, me, I mean, like, from a personal standpoint, um, I think I've been in that area where mm -hmm. very few people had faith in me or wow. I didn't believe in myself. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, for me, absolutely. you know, being Strap able to being able to give someone or be that light for someone else and, you know, show belief in someone and make them feel confident about their abilities yeah. and give them opportunity. Like, I know what that feels like. So when I give someone else opportunity, it just makes me feel really empowered and like liberated as a person. And it makes me feel powerful because like to me, yes, that's a power. I feel, I feel so powerful. Like we think of power in terms of like, <laughs> right. like positions in an organization. No, it's serving. It's, power, yeah, it's serving people. Servitude. more people yeah. you serve, the more opportunity you give, the more richer and powerful you become. Right. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm the same reason. I, I feel like, I feel like when I was young, the only reason I have so much internal confidence or like a, is because of the people who spoke into my life, like really. Mm -hmm. And so I always want to do that for other people yeah. and um, I also got a lot of opportunities and I think 
everyone given the right opportunity can do crazy things. Yes, yeah. sure, I feel yeah. like I've had to fight for my opportunities, right. which is why I get passionate about yeah. whatever Helping people. I'm involved in. Right. Yeah. right? So I feel like giving people the opportunities that you never had, mm-hmm. yeah. um, not only so keeps true. you grounded to where you came from, mm-hmm. but it tries to elevate them as well, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. That's pretty good. Yeah. No, that's 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 so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, let's go to. Also, I think like taking ownership too, like just creating your own path. Like even if you're not given an opportunity, absolutely. Um, like I know for me, coming here four years ago, I didn't know a soul here. I didn't really know like yeah. much about Canadian culture. Like it was a step away from a whole different world and like this little bubble I was living in in the UAE. And like when I came here, like there were so many things to do and like so mm-hmm. many opportunities. But it's like which one do I want? What what speaks to me? Mm-hmm. Um, like which one am I capable of getting? Uh, on, on my plate and all those things so it's really about formulating your own path too um, and kind of being like picky about the opportunities you choose because I think today in particular there are so many opportunities out it's there it's easy to get yeah. it's yeah. easy to either take everything on and like swamp yourself or you need to really be selective and, and yeah but it's also like taking one step back like how many people do we know that don't think there are opportunities anywhere right it depends yeah. on how you're looking at the world right okay so I'm going to throw a question out there so why the dialogue exchange why the dialogue for you changed. like what interested you about uh like so do i go first yeah go for it you made me la- start last time so <laughs> wow i i'm usually the host by the way i have my own podcast so this is odd for me to be little thrown plug a in there a little plug in give them the, talk. yeah I was okay like, <laughs> <laughs> it's on it's on itunes <laughs> um, um that's actually where i found it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um why did i pick why why dialogue exchange yes. is what you're saying well, first of all, I think it's it would be I would be missing a huge part of my reason if I didn't say it was mainly for the people, right? Not I would say it's mainly for the people mm-hmm. because I feel I can build anything really well mm-hmm. with best, the right people. Like I feel right. like it doesn't matter what I build if I'm like with great people, mm-hmm. it's gonna feel great. Yeah. Right, and this is like a compliment to you guys. It's like yeah. I, I would second that as yeah. well. I think um, the mission of the company is very important. Yes, mm-hmm. um, I really do see a problem in our society where no. there are so many mm-hmm. issues that we all want to solve. We just don't know how to get started. And there's no and there's no, medium. There's no and, medium. And right now mm-hmm. we're getting very technologically advanced. Mm-hmm. So what if we just bring it back to the basics and, and just have that human interaction? Mm-hmm. Like imagine all the problems that we can solve. We just look at each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Like really gauge okay. the conversation. That's, yeah. so that, that's just the mission, right? Mm-hmm. But then the team really brings that to life. So when I initially met Trishala and then later Pragya, mm-hmm. which I really like. <laughs> <laughs> that was one time. Inside joke. First impression. Yeah. <laughs> um, Definitely that energy party. really came right. to life and I keep referring back to that initial time that initial conversation i had with Charla in the greenhouse right. and it was phenomenal and there was energy that came out of it i'm like let's just bring that back to life right and and i think it's it's happening and i think it's very right. real right yeah so yeah. that's my reason too yeah no that's cool like i she just whew, took my yeah for me i mean like it the whole like passion around conversation and when it, when we started the dialogue exchange, like at the very beginning itself, the mission was to bring messy or tricky or important conversations to the forefront. Um, and I was constantly confused, like, how do you do that? Why aren't we doing enough of it yet? 
Um, and so like, I think going back to even when I was a kid, like the first thing that spoke to me in terms of like a personality trait of mine, like I was always someone who was like not too scared to be vocal about things. And I found that around me, I would constantly be hushed like, Oh, don't talk about this. Or like, don't say mm-hmm. this about that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think we're just conditioned from a really young age to be politically correct, which is important, but somewhere in the midst of that, we lose opinions. Um, and I think opinions is what really makes the world go around. Like yeah. we need more voices. We need yeah. more realities. We need it. more opinions. Yeah. 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 Um, and we need more people who are confident enough and feel safe knowing that there's a platform like this out there where they can voice their opinion and it's creating real change. Like, you know, something is being done with it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the passion behind that. And then obviously yeah. like the, the, like TEDx introduced me to like to the whole world of conversation and digital media and how both can work hand mm-hmm. in hand. Um, but yeah, but I think it's crazy. Like, as you said, we're conditioned from a very young age to think a certain way. And now everyone's fighting to be unique. Yeah. Right. And we're actually mm-hmm. looking for those people to get involved and like mm-hmm. share your perspectives. Tell us why you're unique and what you, why you believe what you believe and start to solve the problems that you hold so dearly. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think it's um, sort of funny. Like, as you're saying, we're hushed when we're kids going back to dialogues um, and how that hush and the anti-confrontational like like approach mm-hmm. has caused so many rifts and so many silos yeah. of conversations mm-hmm. and that silos makes it even hard for anything we're doing to succeed because it's hard to bridge conversation with people that have their heaps so high if you understand like yeah, what i mean definitely. right so but like this is so important as a normal like when you described to me dialogue exchange mm-hmm. um as something that i've always thought about like I will like I'm very I'm someone who when I was young I, I still now I read the news I read mm-hmm. everything I love global I think about the the world as a globe mm-hmm. and um something I always thought about is like we have so many issues how are we going to solve this I was like if only there was a way to get everyone in one big room and mm-hmm. just and just talk about, talk it. about yeah. it right yeah. because I feel like when you face each other as you were saying when you face each other it's like a For whole sure. different dynamic yeah. but how can we do that it's physically impossible so this is like when you told me a dialogue exchange i was like okay i've thought about this before because i know it's very much needed right but like when you think about it it's also like a technological problem because how do you cram physically how many people in the world seven billion <laughs> yeah. that's <laughs> a good number to go with <laughs> seven billion in one space to talk about everything to community mm-hmm. organize right. like we would do in small towns small settlements since human history right, right. Yeah. you know how do we do that so there there's like there's technology in there because i like it's the technical problem like we're dealing with physics <laughs> oh of course going all but like <laughs> i'm really going all out to define what it felt to me but mm-hmm. and i also felt like it was like a sort of like a social thing how do you manage to bring people to common ground so they can start to build that like how do you create a safe environment yeah ah, that's very a true a lot of us like what we go back to is like bringing it back to the basics of like conversation mm-hmm. and some people are like oh just conversation but to me I'm like yeah it's just, just conversation like, yeah. the most yeah. like the most valuable conversations I've had are just like with my friends around yeah. the table like yeah. or with my parents at a dinner yeah. table right. like I come out of those feeling so much more fulfilled than right. like, going to a conference that yeah. is on a specific right. that we just get talked right? to yeah yeah it's just, I'm like, I, and just, that's one of the reasons I started my podcast because I was like I need to have intentional conversations with my friends. Exactly. And one of the yeah. only ways I can do that is if I'm telling them I'm recording it. Right. Because I'm thinking all these things. I'm like, wow, my friends aren't talking about it. It's like, I don't care what level you are in life. Yeah, like, 100%. let's talk. So like, this is the only way I've found to say hush world 
we're talking about this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think also coming back to like the motivation of the project, right. I find that in a lot of communities around the world, and I can speak to this since I've lived in different continents yeah. and countries in very different cultures too. Um, in every culture, like one thing that's been similar is the fact that so many of these groups are working in isolation. Um, mm -hmm. So, for example, to take a common mm -hmm. Canadian example, when I moved here for school, I found that as a student, I'm predominantly limited to student-run things or student activities. There's very little scope unless I really, you know, am like some extraordinary person, which which is like, uh, mm -hmm. yes, yeah. It's just really hard to find opportunities where I can work, like you said, alongside people mm -hmm. um, and I can learn more that way too. Um, so I think the need for something, there is a significant need for something like this where you're able to actually bring these different groups that work in isolation and let them engage on a topic together. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like in terms of it's by no means easy uh, to do. No, it's I think not. like some of the biggest challenges we face is exactly what Pragya mentioned, people not taking the problem seriously. Um, a lot of people want to solve the world's biggest problems with the most complex solutions, but honestly, you can, yeah, yeah, like a simple step is conversation to, you know, it's, it's a, it's a real remedy to alienation in society. And that, if you look at it from retrospect, is at the core of a lot of the world's most pressing problems. Yeah. So yeah. I think people wow. need to take that's, it more that's seriously. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, so if you think of it, whether it's mental health, homelessness, these marginalized groups or groups that are not you know, supported or uplifted or they don't receive the support they need, they are kind of isolated from society and they're not a part of these conversations or they don't feel powerful enough to put their opinions forward. Mm -hmm. And that creates a separation. And then there's a whole cycle, like a vicious cycle that goes from there. So if we, yeah. if we break the cycle early on, we can see a lot of different, you know, changes. So it's disheartening sometimes when you talk to people about it and they don't realize the need for such a platform to exist right. or they're yeah, not looking at it from our perspective. Because yeah. a lot of people are like, well, the time for talking is done we need to do but it's not that conversation ends like conversation starts, starts so much right yeah but and like that conversation is continuing and changing conversation and like, should never stop for sure. how many times has someone tried to solve your problem without understanding what your problem is first exactly, exactly. and I, I also think like like sort of that going with that like that myth of like when you do you don't talk yeah the best teams i've seen which are like like in just playing sense. sports is when they talk to each other yeah, on the right, field. Yeah. So it's like the idea of conversation never stops. Once yeah. conversation leaves, like conversation is the blood that keeps. Yeah, like it, it shouldn't stop. stop. And another thing is like, like Praga said, they change. Conversations change with time, with context, with different with like you know, the people and eras. In the exactly. Like think about even a simple, starting with the most simple conversation, like one you would have with your parents. The conversations you have with your parent changes as you grow older, as you experience more of the world, as you see more of the world. And I think we need to recognize that despite all these advances we're seeing in the world, if we're unable to preserve conversation um, and I use agree. that as a tool to engage right. people, then we're really failing as a society. I agree. Yeah. yeah. We, we would be completely individual. For sure. Yeah. And it's bad because we need that campfire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need that camp. That campfire. Like, the yeah. dinner table. We need the dinner table. <laughs> yeah. We need the campfire. At every yeah. single level of the um, sort of institution society from the family level to like to the government, uh -huh. like to, mm -hmm. to, yeah. to, to cities, to, to, you know, to everything. We yeah. need that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because people always think of government as like the ultimate like top right. player no, that think, yeah. is like the final stage of change. But yeah. I think times are really changing. We're seeing governments get more involved with their local communities, addressing mm -hmm. local issues. Because power, we're seeing, power yeah, really comes from We're seeing the corporate yeah. companies like endorse really yeah. cool companies working on social issues and causes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're seeing a shift for sure. Like I know back in probably my dad's days when he was working, it was still very like taboo to talk about politics at work or to bring up like really yeah. strong opinions. But now 
now I'm freely in, like I'm working now and I'm freely encouraged to have my opinion on different topics. And so there is a shift and like, we just need to make sure that shift is reaching everyone and that yeah. the whole community mm-hmm. is moving mm-hmm. forward together. But imagine if the government had a forum like this and where you were allowed to be politically incorrect. Imagine the types of Con- oh, dialogue, the types of conversations that would happen, right? Yeah. yeah, I agree. We need to talk about the story of how this started. Right. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. Take it away. Um, so in, I guess, it, well, like coming back to like the mm-hmm. whole, okay, I was growing mm-hmm. up, I saw all of these things, whatever. That's like the, the long-winded personal backstory. But I think what really ignited the spark is when I came here and in November 2015, I got the opportunity to curate a TEDx conference. To um, Waterloo? For the University of Waterloo, right. yeah. So... I think like TED is just such a phenomenal platform because it gives that opportunity that we were talking about earlier to so many people around the world. Um, and it's really for me more than TED and the experience, it's what followed after that, that, you know, that reflection and like the ideas that come in your head and the energy that stays with you. Um, like you can speak to this because you were at the event, but mm-hmm. I think that's what really sparked the fuel for the dialogue exchange. Yeah. So as I was curating TED, I admire the movement. I like it for what it is, but I recognize that there are gaps like there is in anything in the world. And there is a kind of space for a movement like the Dialogue Exchange to exist, but I wasn't sure in what capacity. I didn't know how that would look or whatever. But lucky for me, I live in a city like Waterloo where there's so many resources for entrepreneurs or Mm -hmm. innovators. And there's no like there's no taboo in using the word entrepreneur or innovator to describe yourself. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't need to fit a particular mold. You can just, yeah. it's so open and that's great. Cause you're bringing so many different kinds of people, like inviting them to join this ecosystem they have here. Um, so I joined a lot of different programs like St. Paul's greenhouse and, um, different incubators and accelerator programs and I started fleshing out the idea a little bit so for me the one thing was I knew that I wanted no power differentials at this event so I wanted everyone's voice no matter who you are from public policy or a student with a passive interest I wanted everyone to have an equal platform for their voice to be valued another thing is I really wanted to focus on like I'm a firm believer of change happens when each community takes ownership for their their own own. problems Mm -hmm. so I wanted it to be powered by the community for the community that was the main mission Um, And then the other thing is that I really wanted to focus on bridging gaps because I know that growing up in the Middle East, there were people who have really skewed or biased perspectives on what it's like in Middle Eastern society Mm -hmm. or just about, you know, like the things we do or the things we eat. And it comes from like a lack of engagement and also a lack of tolerance and acceptance to differences. Mm -hmm. Um, So these are all the things like boiling and cooking up in my head. Um, And then something really great happened. Actually, it's so ironic because it's actually this day last year. Seriously. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Like, so this is like, this is like, this is all like right after TEDx. Like this was so TEDx so is obviously it was in November, 2015. So this is like the month before TEDx. So this idea was boiling. It was boiling. Head. It was like, Oh, I just wish. And then I wish right. there was more like with TED, like, so I just wanted a platform where I'm able to speak alongside people and not listen alongside, to them right. and yeah. learn that way. Um, Cause I'm not a huge fan of the whole banking method of education where you just like deposit knowledge in someone's head and that's it. That doesn't work with me or with a lot of people I know. Um, so then yeah, like October 7th, exactly this day last year, which is crazy, like crazy coincidence. Um, I held an equality dialogue, which is essentially the very first unofficial dialogue exchange event because I ran it before dialogue exchange even came to be. Um, When did you hold this dialogue? It was on campus at the University of Waterloo, Mm -hmm. Student Life Center, booked out the SLC Great Hall, had a very small bootleg sketchy stage, which was like (laughs) one little block. Um, (laughs) We had one microphone and we had around only 15 to 20 people attend um, Mm because it was a stormy, really 
Kode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a really nice conversation about gender equality mm-hmm. and about, you know, how we can, you know, create equal opportunity and all that, like feminism. And it was great. Like the energy, the voices, the stories. And even though it was just 15 people, mm-hmm. I left that event. Like I remember immediately coming home and like kind of putting together the pieces. Right. So for me, October 7th is like always a very like monumental date. How, how did this event come together? You just like, so it's just, just honestly, I'm like a huge fan of like connecting experiences and dots and like everything so this came together because of like the idea to do the equality dialogue was something that came together because I was working on another project that required me to do an event for women's empowerment mm-hmm. um, so I was like okay what can I put together that's quick and easy to do yeah the easiest thing that came to mind okay let me organize a dialogue event with around like 15 people that's it like all you need is people for a conversation mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how fancy your venue is how fancy your catering is really doesn't mm-hmm. matter um, so it made sense to me and then For me, like what ignited the spark is knowing like the connections that were made at that event. Like I know Mm -hmm. two women now who met at that event who are now Mm -hmm. co-founding a really, really awesome organization in in Cambridge around, you know, women's empowerment. And so just seeing those connections. um, Yeah. So that's kind of my, and then I met Praga and she could take the story from there. Yeah. 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 So I met her actually. You met her on October 7th or? No, no, I wish. (laughs) I wish. No, I met you in December probably. So this had been boiling for a bit and she'd given it a name, I guess. Um, At so that I, point, it was called the Dialogue Project, I think. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I heard... Let's, we should go back to that name. Yeah. <laughs> the Dialogue Project. And change the logo? No. Okay. So I just heard her talk about it. I actually came there with a very passive interest. It was at St. Paul's Greenhouse. Um, and we, like, I just came to see, I think, the winner's pitch for the Social Impact Fund. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what it was. So I was yeah. very passive. was not looking to, like, get involved in anything. I heard Trish talk about this. And mm-hmm. it was like that thing that you've always wanted, but you didn't know that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for me, I was like, oh my God, this girl gets me from the whole, <laughs> like the diverse perspectives. I've lived in different countries. Yeah. All of that to like, I want to get people in a room talking, like really talking, not just chitter, chatter, right. jab, jab, like actually that right. intentional conversation that you right. said. So, um, yeah. And then we've been building it pretty much ever since. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was pretty, so I actually, started off with like, I um, came to Trish like, oh, yeah. hey, like I emailed her. I was like, I'd love to volunteer and, you know, just help out she a little bit. She was so bit. persistent. She followed up and I was like, this yeah. is cool. Yeah. Nice. I followed up so much because yeah. like, it had it been was Christmas holiday, break. Yeah. So we both went home and I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, still thinking about it. <laughs> like, I was determined to get involved. And I don't so. know. Like I met her in person when I came back from Dubai in like, like mm-hmm. January and I met her over coffee and we were talking about it and like it was just in like I mean people warn you so much be- beforehand like be careful about who your co-founder is and like who you bring into your team in general like make sure they align and there was just it's like there's so much thinking that goes on but for me it was so intuitive like I literally did not think before even telling her that like I want you on board as co-founder right. yeah. and like we you figured could... shit out after that but mm-hmm. it was that initial like it was so intuitive just mm-hmm. Williams where all great meetings happen and yeah. <laughs> uh, literally just like wow. I knew yeah. I I like I felt a really good connection and I knew Mm -hmm. that her intentions were sincere which to me (laughs) speaks beyond anything else like I know that even if we go through rough times with this which we obviously will um just to know that she's tied to the cause and not the company um makes me feel really really 
proud of her and like really hopeful for the organization. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> no, because so, the company will change, but the problem we're working on won't, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like talking about those um, people who give you opportunities and stuff. So Trish was one of them. Because that was me like getting back there. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do something. I don't, not, not like just school, but school wasn't satisfying me anymore to some sense. Mm-hmm. So when she actually asked me to be co founder, I legitimately just looked behind me like, ha, what a funny joke. What? <laughs> <laughs> so she kinda, mm-hmm. yeah, you're pretty she, emotional about it too. You're crying. I remember. Like, can you? Okay, I cry for everything. So okay. that's not really saying much. Like, I'll be watching Lilo and Stitch, and I'll be in tears. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. But to be <laughs> honest, to think from that point, like, I got her on board February. Our first dialogue event was March. So we've yeah. been on a roll since like we like you guys were in the team, and now there's another dialogue event coming, and you know all the things that have happened in between. But it's just insane to see the kind of support we're getting um, and the kind of validation. Yeah. Yeah. And then Axa joined. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that was interesting because um, for I heard about uh, the initiative for quite a while from my other friends, and I heard Tishala speak about it before as well. And I think what really brought it to life was I connected with Tishala and Praga at mm-hmm. um, a women's conference. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the idea, and that whole conference was centered around having some sort of idea and developing it throughout the conference. Mm-hmm. And at the back of my mind, I'm like, why am I not involved? Like, I don't get it. Like, why Like, why am I not with them? Why am I not helping right. develop this plan? Right. And then after the event, I started thinking about it. I'm like, I should be involved. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm a, I should be doing it. I'm like, I, I'm love, like, I don't the, even want to question. I love the boldness. Yeah, I should. I should. I need to. And then I just messaged Trish and I was just like, hey, like, would you want to meet? Like, I'd really love to connect. And then she messaged back and then we had that um, meeting oh, at St. Paul's. St. Yeah. Paul's. And it was just a lot of energy and I was kind of, I was, I was really interested, but I was kind of like hesitant. I'm like, I don't know if I would be a good fit, but Trish from the very beginning was like, you would, you would be a good fit. So just believe that you'll be. And then, and Mm -hmm. then, and then it just went from there. Trish, I, I, this thing of you believing in people is yeah, like, it's, it's how sparks like, fire. Yeah. Sparks fire. Cause <laughs> yeah. I was, I, a, you know, what, it's really personal. <clears throat> I think like growing up, like I had very little faith in myself and I know how mm-hmm. much that affected my self-esteem, my mm-hmm. confidence and like the opportunities mm-hmm. that came my way. So I think like sometimes like people, there will be like someone to tell you that you're good or to believe in you, mm-hmm. but for the most part, there won't be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that initial like belief, like just knowing that mm-hmm. someone believes in you can take you so far that you can sustain on your own after a while. Like you can be free floating on your own and still believe in yourself. It goes back um, to that empowerment piece you were talking about yeah. earlier. Yeah. Right. You just, yeah, exactly. You just feel so empowered. And yeah. now, like, when I see people that I've given, like, a 0.5% chance to, right. and now I see them shine, like, pregnant and all these really cool acceleration programs. And then AXA, like, balancing so many different projects and teaching kids entrepreneurship. Right. And then you with all your creative work. And it's, like, it's just so amazing to see everything come together. And then now you guys are creating opportunities for other people. So right. it's just, like, it's a cycle. And, like, it, right. it's enriching. Yeah. Damn. I feel like you're itching to tell us your story. No, I was was going to hop on that, but then you interjected. Yeah, my brain is really scattered. Right, yeah, Yeah, we know that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, like you approached me and basically I'd done some video work for TEDx. And I didn't really know who you were, but (laughs) you just knew I did the video work. Then Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, um, come to Williams where all great conversations happen. Yeah. Oh God. And, yeah. <laughs> Next dialogue. Then. And yeah. then like you were sort of like thanking me for helping out with the project. And then I was not expecting anything. I was just expecting yeah. a thing. And then you were like, I believe you're very creative and I want you to do this. I'm like, what? No, oh, gosh, <laughs> no, yeah. but 
Like you really believed in me and that's what made me. And when you told me about what you were trying to do, I was very, I believed in what you were trying to do, but I was very skeptical. I was like, what are you really trying to make? Mm-hmm. Or how are you trying, how to, are do you trying exactly. to do this? And that was like the biggest question. Yeah. And I still ask myself and um, to that to like every day, but more as like a, trying to find the answer. Yeah. yeah. But, like in the past, it was just like, I really understand what you're trying to say because I felt it. Right. But like, I was like, how? How? <laughs> you know, like, I think that's what like intrigued us all. We all feel it. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That, like, I was like, oh yeah, I feel that's it. That's a promise. What exactly? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> what? Yeah. And you know, like, I feel like it's really important to be like open and about like these kind of in- innovation and entrepreneurial journeys and share the weaknesses. And like, the truth is we're still figuring shit out and there's oh, yeah. so much for us to figure out. I, and I think that will only like increase twofold when we work with more communities that are different. Like every mm-hmm. community, every topic mm-hmm. you focus right. on poses a new dilemma right. or a challenge. So it's interesting that way, but I think just knowing that, you know, like you'll like in figuring it out, you'll find the answer somewhere. Yeah. Um, that kind of keeps us going. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we're just like looking for clues really. Yeah. This is our product development. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> right. Definitely. Yeah. Each dialogue is like a little different product for us. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you're iterating. You're like yeah, figuring out how to do it better. Yeah. 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 I think we're in this phase right now where we want to do a lot of trial and error, like try different with each oh, of our like events, as, yeah. as, especially with our Waterloo series, because that's like our little first baby we mm-hmm. put out there. Mm-hmm. I think like just trying out different formats, seeing what works. Like first we were really headstrong on like venues and logistics. And now we're like, you know what? Let's focus on content. Like let's get right. these people in the room and like, yeah. let's get yeah. different stakeholders and create a good conversation yeah and like you said and i think you've mentioned this earlier like off um offline is that conversation is really an art right a lot of people interact Mm, very differently yeah Yeah. so that's why we have to test out how a certain group of people talks to one another Mm -hmm. and then frame our dialogues around that yeah because we want people to own it how do you have meaningful conversations really you just said it's an art form i wish we had the answer (laughs) we would have yeah I think when you just speak without mm-hmm. thinking and we just speak what you want to speak without mm-hmm. fear of what the other person's going to oh, think. Oh, completely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's when you start having meaningful exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's that, like, that safe space aspect yeah. that I think you're touching on as well as, I, I don't know, I, I, I love the intentional conversation that you said, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like so much more meaning comes out of it when you're there for a, a goal? purpose a and purpose, a goal that right? you're united mm-hmm. by, like, whether it's that like passive or if it's your passion, but it's like that buzz, right? Like everyone in the room is in that zone of let's talk so, so, about gender. So are you saying, are you saying if everyone had an intention, like when I go to this dialogue about this, I want to get something kind of like this. You want people to have like a goal? Is that what you're saying? Or? Oh yeah, in some sense. Or yeah, yeah, like be fulfilled at the end of the night. For sure. And then I feel like it's meaningful. But how to create that fulfillment yeah, doesn't work in to be progress. Honest, like, I think a lot of it also, like in terms of, so there's this really famous quote, like by Maya Angelou, which is like, people won't forget what you will forget, like what you did for them or what like you what said. you said to them, but they won't forget how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. I paraphrase like terribly there, but uh, <laughs> um, the essence is like, it's about how the person feels. Like some of the best conversations I've had in my life, they mm-hmm. could span from like three seconds to three minutes to three mm-hmm. hours but there are conversations that have made me feel really good mm-hmm. about myself about the world about right. the things I'm working on yeah and so mm-hmm. like that's where I think like that's what I make I mm-hmm. think this conversation is meaningful because honestly I was feel so happy yeah, exactly. yeah yeah and we there's like that spark right right 
it's the emotion. It's what, mm-hmm. what happens like inside you said, yeah. what you feel about it. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, so I think emotions are really powerful too and super underrated in, in society in general. Right. Like we ran an empathy um, workshop at a conference as part of the Makers Festival in Toronto right. and we called it the empathy deficit and that was focused on business. But we yeah. really realized through that, that like empathy and kindness and emotions are all like commercial tools. Like they're hard tools that you can use in mm-hmm. your daily life. Whoa, okay. Yeah, but part Step of that- <laughs> <laughs> part of how we were even able to relate to that is because mm-hmm. we've all been part of negative oh, yeah. uh, dialogues where mm-hmm. we come out feeling oh, like yeah. absolute like garbage, mm-hmm. right? We just feel Unfulfilled. so low that we're like, we don't want to get to that point. We don't want anyone else to get to that point. Oh, yeah. And then mm-hmm. we, were, we were able to gauge their emotions that way mm-hmm. and kind of play with them and, and make them feel empowered and positive. What's like one really about? bad conversation I was just you guys have had? Like, it, would be, it would be nice dialogue. to share experiences on negative right. conversations too, yeah. Well, this one time I was talking to um, three three beautiful girls around <laughs> Trisha's table. Is that what you're about to say? <laughs> on a seven, yeah. And they just didn't feel it. You know, I just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> okay, turn the mic off. We're done. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't have an example. Someone else go. Yeah, I mean, I always have one ready, but if you want to go first. Of course you do. Trish, you're I, always, I, 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 I think it's when Trish, you're so tr- you're so triggered. Like you, you so have, you're, like, you're asking really good questions, but this question I asked on my own, and now yeah. like yeah. But think about when you don't see eye to eye with someone, right? And the conversation just gets so heated, and you're just so passionate about what you believe in. It could be based on religion, mm-hmm. based on your philosophy, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But you just don't see eye to eye, and you're not willing to budge, and mm-hmm. then that leaves you feeling kind of disheartened. And then you walk away thinking, what just happened? Yeah. I think um, sometimes that comes out of fear. Like, okay. mm-hmm. um, I found that my, whenever I talk about serious topics, like just talk about religion or serious philosophies about like something that's super deep, the best, I've had great conversations with people that I didn't agree with, but it felt really good because the exchange was so meaningful. And I was like, wow, I understand what you're coming from. And they understand where I was coming from because I wasn't actually, I think... We're usually scared of being wrong. Yeah. yeah. We're scared of... Oh my God. We're, we're, really, yeah. we're really scared of being wrong and not to other people, but to ourselves, actually. Yeah. I think that's a huge... Oh my God. So in everything. I completely agree. Like, yeah. I feel like but my... If, yeah, and, no, go ahead. No, I feel no, like no. I always yeah. cut people off. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, when you talk about... Let's say if, you, let's say if it was um, a certain topic or... Let's just say it's something really close to you, like your own religion... If you think, if you speak to someone about a different religion, I feel like you're more able to come to a common ground. Yes. But when you talk about your own religion, there's different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's when it starts getting tricky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah. the same exact thing. So why do people see two different things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is completely like now off topic. No, no, go on. Go back. Topic. Go back. Yeah. But I was going to say like coming back to like being scared of saying something that's wrong mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I know for me growing up as a kid, I was so, well, I called it introversion, but I was really quiet. I didn't have an opinion on many things, really shy. Like my mom would have to poke me to like even get a word out of me. Really? Um, yeah. And, like, wow. Hard to believe it. right <laughs> now. Yeah, but I know my mom's listening to this and she can attest to the right. fact that like this is the truth. Um, so when I think back, like obviously when you're introverted, there are two sides to it. One, it's a general like state of mind, whatever, like it's a very personal thing, mm-hmm. but there's also a side to it where, well, I feel like a big part of my introversion was the fact that I was like scared. Like, what if I say something that's wrong? What if I say something that's not right? What if I use the wrong numbers or the wrong facts? Like, 
And then I reached a point where I was like, you know what? Like, I don't think anyone has things figured out completely. And like, it's okay to at least your voice. It's a, it's a bigger mistake right. to not say anything at all. Um, and once you hit that point and you just don't start caring as much, obviously there are, there are constraints to this. You don't want to say right. something that is completely wrong, but you want to right. be able to be vocal about what you're thinking. And how do you, how are you expected to learn otherwise? Like if I, and, and like, I feel like just horrific about that, the better, the best conversations I've had is when both parties have sort of felt that, Hey, I don't know everything in the world. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. somehow yeah, yeah, communicated yeah. that to each other, Definitely. like, right before they start talking. So when they start talking, it's like, oh, that person doesn't think, doesn't know everything. So I'm not trying to, you know, it just feels, you feel, you feel on plain ground, no matter how high the person is really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of like that, like I, two words, openness and perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keep coming up to me and thinking about like, like Mm -hmm. if someone is just so like, like you said, not willing to budge, then I feel like, like There's this. this like helplessness, like right? This. Yeah, yeah. It's just that it's just that what's the point right. of talking? talking? And then when the opposite, when you have someone so open who like completely has their own opinions, whether it's opposing or the same, but just open to actually listen to what you're saying mm-hmm. and like react I agree. accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is like still in terms of open perspectives. Like people yeah. who are just so like like tight on what, what they know is yeah. right like mm-hmm. i come from this part of the world and right. this is how it's done so this is how it is yeah mm-hmm. even like like what you said yeah. right like the same religion and then it's like mm-hmm. so many different perspectives and then right. it's just people like more wanting to be right than part of a conversation yeah but right. you touch on a really strong point too like when someone says i'm from this part of the world but and says makes a statement that justifies my thinking yeah. right. but think about the agency that they're robbing of someone else it's also mm-hmm. from that part of the world right. that might yeah. see a completely different phenomenon mm-hmm. right yeah mm-hmm. that right. really takes a, just one part of the conversation you know that goes back to this, this is like an actual thing I, I've heard before when mm-hmm. someone says oh I'm from an age where doing this is like when I watch like um, documentaries about racism especially yeah, in right. I'm from the age where this happens so excuse my beliefs or right. like how I think and I'm just like no I don't because I the- think you have new evidence and yeah. I think you can reconsider and if you choose not to reconsider then I'm gonna then fine that's what you believe yeah. but if you don't take in the new evidence and you don't reconsider I don't believe you can um just stop. be in this stop in this yeah. one f- I feel like everyone's always reconsidering and if you Completely. don't I feel like that comes from a position of fear and, and like before you like, had that perspective you probably had a different, different perspective, perspective right exactly. so there's like the, the thing about perspectives in life is that they're supposed to continually change yeah. mm-hmm. and like if, if you really believe in something and you can go back to that same thing that's truth for you really so and if you can't I feel like that's where people are scared yeah. it's like if I let go of this and it doesn't come back yeah. like like you know yeah I think fundamentally like also we need to build more resilient communities and resilient people because I think you can't change how people are going to act. Like experiences mold people into different people and that's what it is. And it's really hard to change. Like try mm-hmm. changing like someone who is stuck on their thinking. Mm-hmm. It's right. the most it's hardest true. thing to do. Um, so maybe you I shouldn't think, try to change them. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I feel like finding with the dialogue exchange in particular, um, finding ways to build those resilient communities that are open to different perspectives and open to not necessarily changing their their point just of view, but just listening in yeah. and being a part of the conversation. Yeah. Like we need as many people as possible to be a part of these conversations, Regar- yeah. regardless mm-hmm. of where they stand or right. what. And to be honest, like if you have everyone on the same page, 
of it's just not going like to be the best conversation. Like right. you want yeah. those different extreme mm-hmm. standpoints um, right. and those different, like you want to have all, all sides of the scale. Um, so that's really important too. Yeah. And we've had those conversations prior to an event. Like what happens if like someone really passionate comes up and they just start screaming and they're just so passionate. But so far in our events, like we've been able to create a safe environment where that, sh- that just doesn't happen. But you yeah, can tell and that's us that it's really far. Yeah. And that's us assuming as well that, uh, you know, bring different people together yeah. to create that. Like I, my just, biggest fear is that happening and it, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to put it out there to make it happen, but, um, no, but I feel yeah. like if it happens, it should happen so we can learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it probably like, will. Yeah. Part of it comes from the safe environment and comes from the moderation as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the facilitation is like phenomenal. Yeah. I think, um, Trish and Prague, for example, like jump in when something is about to go on tangent or off off topic completely and they just bring it back and ground it, Mm -hmm. right? So that no one really has the opportunity to just go to that extreme and just never come back. Right. It's like the whole, like, yeah. insulate the conversation here. Yeah. yeah. But right. that's, like, the key of what we're trying to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're trying to get everyone's voices heard For in sure. that sense. So, like... I, we were just at, I was just at a community engagement workshop and we we're talking about how to listen past those really vocal minorities because it could be like the majority in the room is thinking one thing but you just hear from that one person who's really vocal sure, so yeah. I mean that's not something that's always looked upon because you take it and you go yeah. so mm-hmm. really really focusing on like whoever wants to talk actually gets um, mm-hmm. the chance to and it seems so simple like these things that we're talking about seem Very so simple, simple mm-hmm. but they're not being done like yeah. it's not being done effectively it's not being done a lot and there's of, also like, this whole like trend now where dialogue is being used for so many events but it's mm-hmm. not really a dialogue it's just like a conversation with between a couple of panelists or yeah. not a dialogue mm-hmm. is an inclusive forum for everyone um, and like you put it the best way like when I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago and you were saying how we're like your 2050 town hall happening in yeah. different cities on right. different topics like that's essentially I, where I see us going I really love town halls and I'm so glad mm-hmm. that people yeah. still do them in, because like that to um, me is a good dialogue our political life has like escaped like especially with like I think it's just natural that with population how the world is growing that like in you know whatever society is yeah. so we're moving from centers mm-hmm. but when we have things like a town hall like it brings people together to talk and I think that's the only thing that we can sort of like replicate in a way yeah. just that yeah. the, the, the community feeling of like right. everyone 100%. comes mm-hmm. not like what the media does is um, I think the media has just become a microphone for different parties yeah, yeah. The, the media doesn't doesn't do bring community it just simply informs mm-hmm. and yeah. when and in the extreme in the extreme bad cases it skews by just putting the mic on one end uh, <laughs> who's right. not paying attention for this dialogue yes yes <laughs> I should put my phone on silence <laughs> how do you go from conversation let's say we do conversation really well mm-hmm. um, conversation is very important I agree right um, and of course we've been talking about it for X minutes yeah how do you go from that to do you know or does there need to be a do or do you think the our position is just try very hard to bring that conversation and do will flow out of it let's what's what does that look amazing like amazing questions so, yeah, asked yourself actually, this for a long time so. it's actually yeah something that we've been experimenting with and yeah. like um, looking at a lot because of all the feedback of well people are always talking we need to do more yeah um so 
right now, I guess we're really focusing on that conversation because there's so many steps to solving a problem, I feel. Mm-hmm. And you can't really attack the whole spectrum. Mm-hmm. But if you start at the beginning, which is what we believe is the actual conversation, and like mm-hmm. you said, like really focus on that. And then the do, like there are a lot of avenues for do that yeah. we have seen within um, just the university campus or like around town, all that. There's so many people doing and that itself isn't even like talked about, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah, and then like later on when we've perfected the conversation, there's so much space to grow to oh, sure. attack yeah. those other spectrums of um, like positive social change that mm-hmm. we're saying. Um, yeah, but it's that it's that that ever changing, like constant conversation isn't happening, and that's where we see our main problem. Like that's what we're trying to exactly. I think like and, and so over summer, obviously we were thinking a lot about this because we were part of those programs and we needed those answers. Um, And for me, it's really helped to flip the plate completely and turn that question back on you and ask you why we're Mm -hmm. not using conversations as a source to get ideas to do things. Like, I think we always think of conversation and then action, but it can also be that you have the idea, you know what you do, and then you're looking for that forum where you can meet other people who are tied to the topic or you want to listen into what your community is doing around that topic. So I think switching up the order really helped put things into perspective for me. So in terms of like the do part, like I could be an innovator who's passionate about, let's choose a topic topic like mental health, for example. Mm -hmm. And I know I want to work on a project around it. It's one of my greatest passions. I attend one of our events. I get to meet people who are also equally tied to that topic. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I get to work with them or Mm -hmm. build those connections or use those voices and realities as like something to work with, to innovate with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's really important too. I think we're like, obviously a data like an era of data and research and like we're also rooted in research and numbers and stuff like that but I think the kind of like qualitative research you can Mm -hmm. conduct by talking to people and like I speak to this from an entrepreneurship side as well like when you come up with a business idea or a social venture idea or whatever it is even if it's a community development project you have to you know you're always encouraged to talk to people get out of the building pitch it to people Um, what's your social landscape like like all these questions come up and I think our forum is able to answer a lot of those questions and make those steps easier for a lot of people Mm -hmm. which is why I think that once we implement it the way we see it in our heads and once we grow it and have it in more different countries and communities um, it can actually Mm -hmm. turn into that forum that reverses the innovation cycle you know what I mean yeah Um, Yeah. and then we've discussed like really cool ideas of where it can go in the future so there's always room to pivot and then you know work with the information we get at our communities and I think the most important part also in terms of action is like Praga said just making sure these conversations are happening that they're consistent and that we also have repeat conversations so we do a conversation on like topic X in one year we do the same conversation again next year and see how far we come mm-hmm. like what is the difference because we can't control there's a ton of organizations yeah. working on incubating stuff and accelerating projects and yeah. funding projects yes. we don't need and to enter that sense. space like we're working on our own niche here like we really don't need to work on those because there's so much out there around the world but what's missing is this part this entire yeah and I think if we focus on that and capture that on its own mm-hmm. um, we're definitely onto something yeah yeah. Right. There's a sense, like I said before, there's a sense of the conversation ends. Like once yeah. we're done talking, we're just yeah. gonna do things and yeah. carry on from mm. there. And it's like, well, that's the worst I, thing. I, I like, can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't understand that. Like, I feel like as an innovator, if you stop talking once you've got your idea and your product, that's yeah. the biggest like recipe for failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so it's that it's really bringing like as you said those innovators, those ideators, yeah. the people with passive interest, the people who are experts in the field. 
in some sense, bringing all of those different stages together mm-hmm. to converse, to move each stage along even further. Yeah. Like, I really see... We, like, we've discussed it and we see these conversations as sparks or catalysts for social change um, more than... So what do we see in the future? Next. <laughs> Let's throw it to our... Where do you see yourself in five years? Well, she The president... No, I'm joking. <laughs> like, no president. Watch that turn into reality, though. Like, maybe not five years, but give it, like, <laughs> ten or fifteen. I'm yeah. a very big believer that whatever you speak will come to pass. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I might want to take that back then. I'm sorry <laughs> if I the world. Um, where do we see ourselves in mm. five years? We had the big dream of a huge global movement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. which every day, and it feels like we're not even moving oh, yeah. towards it. Um, because, that that, be because that big picture is so huge, right? Like yeah, it's, the, yeah, the picture that we've painted in our yeah. minds it's huge Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and it has so many different aspects that's actually one of our hugest like struggles between trish and i as well is right just just like okay okay step by step yeah like i'm such a big picture person like that's what keeps me awake at night and probably is more of like how can we get closer and closer to that big picture right so between the two of us it works but then the micro and the macro yeah but then it's also like that constant struggle of like are we scaling at the right pace like when or when should we do what and all these like decisions that need to be mm-hmm. made so i think yeah the big picture is definitely to like she said build a movement like we want to build a culture of active conversationalists who are engaging on topics and working like together to solve these problems and that's a pretty big picture think of mm-hmm. the number of communities and countries and social issues we have on in the yeah. world right um like i, I think that's like really overwhelming and gives us goosebumps and mm-hmm. it's something we're excited yeah. about and, it, and yeah like I, also yeah go ahead <laughs> i think that comes sorry i just wanted to jump in because i think that comes from like our cultures that we all yeah. can relate to that like we're in canada now and it's amazing because people do have these conversations oh, yeah. which is why sometimes it seems like such a simple thing mm-hmm. but take so it back true. home and like even those dinner table conversations can get awkward. You don't right. yeah. like, like you, you don't even make eye contact. You don't make oh, eye yeah. contact. You don't talk about certain things. I was born a woman, and sometimes that's still a bad thing. Twenty sixteen, yeah. like, mm-hmm. like I understand all of that. Right. And so, so true. That, that's I think where we really get our fuel. Where we're starting here, we wow. we understand. Like mm-hmm. we, we understand, but like getting into those communities where. Every little thing is a stigma. Yeah. Like yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Literally. The most normalized born. topics even that you think of over like here. Like here. We're like like we just said sex on the mic. Oh god, yeah. I can't even begin. And to I'd be lying, I'd like, be lying if I said I, I didn't think twice before I said the word sex. <laughs> thinking of my yeah. Indian relatives or like whoever, um, people I know that are from more conservative backgrounds or communities that aren't as accepting of such topics. And that's the truth. I mean it sucks to say it, and but it's yeah, reality. That's what's driving us and that's what's fueling us, and that's what makes the bigger picture so scary and so exciting for us. Because mm-hmm. like yeah, just yeah. I just feel like if we build a movement, if we focus from now, like right from the start, if we focus on building that movement, the company will follow on its own. Like that, right. the company. But I think will it form. is right. I think you guys need to take a step back and figure out, and just just, just understand like how far we've already come. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these dialogues have already happened. Yeah. You already have some sort of a roster, and your your dream from the very beginning it's is huge. to have like right. a, a library of all these dialogues, and and we're actually developing it. So instead yeah. of five years, think of one year from now. Yeah. Maybe make it a little bit more realistic. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a, maybe the, five years from now could the, be even bigger than your big, your big dream yeah. right now. So yeah. the world wants to know, what does one year from now look like? 
what does it look like to you guys? We all have different th- visions for mm-hmm. the one year plan. So right. I think it's interesting to go and I think ask ripping off of like just who I am and the things I'm interested in, my angle on this topic is so good. And I think like that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, is, did I say good? I, I meant different. You said good. I meant different. You, you said but like I, it's better than ours. It is. <laughs> but um, okay, okay. My angle on the topic okay. is sort of like what you were saying about that library of discussion mm-hmm. that I'm fascinated by the digital world. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm fascinated by the world that's being built in the digital. For sure. But people don't see it, it as like a huge like thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think the people who see it are already working in the big companies. They're already doing things. They're doing small things. Right. Because it's like literally like the Wild West. And right. If we etch into the DNA of sort of this digital realm of conversation, if, mm-hmm. if we make that part, if we make it true in the real make it true right. in people's heads and we make it true in the digital mm-hmm. i feel like like we can really harness power going in the sure. future so that when you say like the library of like conversations that sparks something in my head it's like yes i want to yeah. see this yeah. in like a catalog and like you can you know as you said you can see where conversations were before mm-hmm. and when we're after mm-hmm. but you can really really feel the passion and like sort of like so that's that's sort of my angle i don't know if that's a one-year focus but that's something like I see also in I'm all about ambitious goals. In so. mid, yeah. it, it, as part of like what can what this thing can happen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know, in terms of maybe if you were to draw a little bit more specific, would be I see ourselves partnering with like municipalities. Mm-hmm. We're a community powered forum, so why not engage the communities that are all around us? Mm-hmm. So yeah. right now we're building a really strong presence in Waterloo. Yeah. We have some presence in Toronto. But why not Guelph and Hamilton and Georgetown and mm-hmm. all these little towns that probably have so much to say, mm-hmm. right? And go that way. And then once we have a strong municipal Reach. backing, right. mm-hmm. I see ourselves expanding, not just to Toronto, but like maybe a municipality in an international chapter, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And if we tackle it that way, I think we're bound to get a lot more reach. We're bound to give voice to those that may yeah. not have a voice right. as of yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. For sure. Next question I had was, <laughs> we all talked about this throughout the whole podcast, but reservations and doubts. I don't know if we want to end on that note, but I don't know what that doubt. Totally turn it to like, this is still what fuels me. Mm-hmm. Because right. like, yeah, a lot of my, I don't know, a lot of my reservations and doubts come from what other people say to me, yeah. which is good because I guess I, I, I don't look at it like that myself, so I need some some critical eyes. Mm-hmm. But a lot of, like, why should people care? Because, like, when we talk about it, I totally see it. And yeah. I, I understand where I'm coming from and what our, my story is. But, like, we've talked about not everyone has the same story. Yeah. So, really, like, there's no guarantee that this will resonate with everyone, let alone, like, the majority or even more than... 15 people um so that's like a huge october 7th (laughs) so yeah so that's always a thing and then we like we get great responses and then and then as the next event approaches or the next milestone it's like Mm -hmm. oh no one cares no one cares no one cares and then yeah yeah, i don't know i don't know why i initially had doubts with um social innovation just because in a previous life i've been with a technical startup and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fuel around it right Mm-hmm. If we just if we have like a technical product, for mm-hmm. example, yeah. But because we're social innovation, I think people are really 
um, uh, hesitant about funding something like this, right? right? Because they don't know what kind of value are they going to get from it. But I think all of that reservation has been put to bed when I figure out, when I when I think back of, of what we're doing and why we're doing it and getting people to be wow, believe that in why. that mm-hmm. and understand why we're doing it and then get them passionate about it so that they support it without looking at just the monetary value. Right. There is monetary value. Right. But there's also so much more than that. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I had doubts about um, sort of how this would come a reality because I'm more of like, what does that process look like? Yeah. Right. I'm like, like analyzing like, okay, so you do one, but why? Why not three? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what is that conversation looking like? I want to see, I want to know how we're getting those results. Yeah. So that's where I had my doubts. But um, and also in terms of acceptance, would would it be good enough that people would want to come? Yeah. Or yeah. that people would even think it's a good conversation. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just, but I think those are laid to rest again when I realized how important this needs to happen mm-hmm. and how the fact is we are the people paying attention to this thread in yeah. the society, this aspect that needs to be designed to and needs to be solved to, and, you know, for sure. Yeah. That's what gets me. That's what gets me amped mm-hmm. about it. Yep. Hmm. For for me, I think like like reservations and doubts are obviously like you can't avoid them. Inherently, they're gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I make a cautious effort just because I know like I'm cognizant of the fact that I do doubt myself a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, though it may not really seem like it, but um, like I'm, I'm cognizant of that, and so I make the active effort of thinking that okay, if I, if I have a doubt about this, like that's more of a reason to do it and to see like what happens. So mm-hmm. instead of answering your question in terms of doubts, like I can definitely talk more to like things that I doubted or mistakes that we've made and lessons we've learned from that. Mm -hmm. So one thing I think is like, we have a tremendous entrepreneurial ecosystem over here. That's for sure. We've been lucky to be a part of some really great programs, but I know for a fact that like funding in Waterloo is always equivalent to success. And like, there's it's so easy to fall into that trap of thinking that if if I don't have funding, like if an investor is not willing to put money into my company or if people are not, not accepting me for like mm-hmm. my application is not good enough for like mm-hmm. a 10k in funding then I'm working on like absolute crap and it's not worthy of working on mm-hmm. it and I'm going to leave it mm-hmm. so that's one thing um, another thing is I feel like people doubt themselves a lot and their core and their mission and values so much that they forget to stay with problems and I think as millennials mm-hmm. we're more prone to that than any other generation yeah. we find it so easy to if something's difficult yeah. or challenging we drop it and let it go mm-hmm. um, so I think it's really important to stay with your problems and figure it out uh, along the way and then the last thing is like I guess one of the doubts would be to make sure you are like especially as we expand and have more project teams around the world like I think it's really important to um, make sure we have good talent uh, so that's one of the biggest doubts I have at the moment like will the people who start our project teams around the world be the right fit for us mm-hmm. um, like I'm willing to and we have been in the position where we've been able to say no to people who aren't a right fit so I'm hoping that through this process, you know, like, are we able to get people who are generally able to grow the movement with us? Um, that's definitely another, like, reservation or doubt, I would say. But there's so many, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but like any business, <laughs> yeah, it's about how you manage that risk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, this is a great pot. This was a great talk, I should just say. This yeah. is like... <laughs> So I want these conversations to happen more often. Yeah. I feel like we should do like podcasts on particular social topics. I think so. I think um, we should yeah, go into that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was so cool. And if we, I think that's a really good way of us like sort of modeling that our belief in conversation oh, as people. Right. 
and you never know who it reaches as well. Like even right. this conversation, so right. it's pretty cool. So say so we're working on two planes. We got TDX and we got a conversation yeah. going. Let's do it. I, love Let's it. Do it. I love it. Right. This is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, this is probably the end. Uh, it's a pretty long podcast so far. Yeah. But we have an event to plug that oh, we yeah. are making. And Sure. Okay, so we have a mental health dialogue, the next one in our series um, within the city of Waterloo. So the mental health dialogue is happening on November 16th um, at Shopify Plus in Waterloo. Are we sure about the date? Uh, yes, yeah. it's, okay. it's lockdown. So November 16th, Shopify Plus Waterloo um, from 5.30pm to 7.30pm. Uh, we're incredibly lucky to have access to this beautiful um, office and, yeah. and an incredible yeah. company to support our um, goals to, for this conversation. So be there and invite your friends yes, and family and everyone. we are working on everyone. a great conversation and we think... There's going to be a lot of takeaway. Yeah. 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 Some real change. Real change? Yeah. Real change. Real change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening.